Welcome to Hillside Baptist Church Podcast. We are a church that is committed to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is our privilege to open God's word with you. It is our prayer that you receive the message from the man of God with an open heart. That through God's word, you are encouraged and equipped to face life's challenges. But most importantly, it is our prayer that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior if you haven't already. If you'd like to connect with us, you can do so at hillsidebc.com, find us on Facebook, or send us an email at info at hillsidebc.com. We hope that you benefit from today's message and that you would share it with a friend. But let's now open our hearts and God's Word. As a pastor said, he asked me to preach because he was hoping to be in Alabama uh, but before, he asked me to preach on the 4th, and he said, well, be prepared to change it, and he came back on the 4th and said, just kidding, so I'm preaching tonight, so uh, we have a lot, a lot to cover tonight. This is going to be a more topical message, uh, but it's uh, none less important, uh, and as you're turning there in your, in your Bible, we'll be there in a second, uh, but it's a new year. How many so far have still writing 2022 uh, on a date of things? Uh, and how many tonight uh, like to set New Year's resolutions or goals for the coming year? So a few. So I think Brother Greg, Pastor, and myself is all that I saw. Uh, but I enjoy uh, setting goals for the coming year. It's a time... Uh, to restart, to refresh, to get a new look, a new perspective at things, and uh, to be able to go into the new year with some goals that you want to accomplish. Uh, as Pastor pointed out, I think Wednesday, he stole part of my introduction, uh, in the most common things that people say they're going to change for the coming year, number one being, I'm going to lose weight, I'm getting in better shape, uh, and then I'm going to save on, uh, in my finances. I'm going to save money. Uh, but maybe for you, it's a more spiritual thing. Like, I want to grow more in the Lord this year than I did last year. And I hope that's the case for every believer tonight, that I want to grow more in my walk with the Lord. I want to grow more in my relationship with Him this year than I did in 2022. And if that's not the case, I hope that that changes. Um, and I love this time of year, uh, and I even found this poem uh, here that talks about the new year. It says, I am in a new year. I am a spoiled, unspoiled page of the book of time. I am your next chance at the art of living. I am your opportunity to practice what you've learned the last 12 months. I, all that you sought and didn't find is in me, awaiting for you to search with more determination. All the good that you tried but didn't achieve is mine to grant, but with fewer conflicting desires. All that you dreamed but didn't dare to do, all that you hoped but did not have the will, all the faith that you claimed but did not have. These slumber slightly, awaiting to be awakened by the touch of a strong purpose. Your opportunity, I am your opportunity to renew your allegiance to him who said, Behold, I make all things new. So tonight, uh, 
you may be seeking something deeper in 2023 than just getting into better shape or to saving some money. Because we all know that's not going to happen as far as the money saving. Uh, Maybe tonight you're asking yourself a question like, why am I still here? Or why am I here in this place tonight? What is my purpose? You know, if you're asking yourself that question, you're not alone. Many tonight in our world ask the question, what is my purpose? Or what is the purpose to life? Um, and yet there are still some in our world tonight, uh, today that they seem to have no purpose. And you know these kinds of people, they're the kinds of people that go from one meaningless job to the next meaningless job with no real hopes and dreams that things could be better for themselves. And in fact, those kind of people are the kind of people you don't want to work with because they're the kind of people that are not going to go the extra mile, the kind of people that are not going to take the extra initiative to get the job done. But we live in a world of hopelessness. Around you, everywhere, even in America, still the greatest country in the world, there is a lot of hopelessness. In fact, I saw a news article just the other day that uh, there are homes, homes in China where they are basic, they're called coffin homes, and they're basically the size of a coffin. So the person, typically retired age or disabled, is living in this small box with a shared restroom or shower, and they're just in a hopeless state of poverty. And that's our world around us, hopelessness everywhere. But that should not be the life of a believer. We have hope, and we have a purpose tonight. And uh, God has a plan and a purpose for every one of us in the room tonight. And you are not here by accident. You didn't miss your generation. I've often even heard myself say, you know, I wish I was born at this time or in this generation of people. I really wish I could see colonial America. That would be, that would be so cool for me. But the reality is you are here at this time for a purpose. God has placed you in this time frame for a reason. And may I remind you tonight, the words that were spoken as a, as a way of introduction uh, to Esther, uh, as her uncle Mordecai spoke to her in Esther 4.14, this, uh, this familiar uh, verse, none, uh, no doubt. It says, um, For thou art altogether, altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? You are living in 2023 for such a time as this. You are not here tonight by accident. And God has a reason for you, maybe even a reason for you still to be here in Hill, at Hillside or still to be here in Springfield when you were hoping that God would have moved you other, uh, another place. Uh, God has a purpose for you. Uh, and 
He, he is here, and, and this time, or excuse me, this time of year is a great time of year to kind of reflect on your purpose and to see what the purpose that God has for you and to see about getting back on track if you left it in 2022. Uh, and I love the words of Acts uh, 13, 36, what it says about David here. It says, for David after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. This is a profound statement about David, that he served his own generation by the will of God. He, uh, many say, I wish I would have lived in another generation. I'm here by mistake. Uh, or they say, I, they look back at the mistakes of generations gone by and they say, well, how can we fix those mistakes? The reality, though, you can't go back and fix their mistakes. Those were their mistakes. And sometimes we look at the next generation and we say, we want to, we want to help them in their decisions in that generation. Now, we can impact the next generation through our influence and our words of wisdom and I'm not negating that, but when the time comes, they will make their own decisions. And they will have to stand before God and answer for their decisions in their generation. Just as we, tonight, will have to make a choice, will we serve our generation now by the will of God? Will we, will we serve this generation right now? Or will we not? One thing, the one thing God is asking of all of us to do is to do what he wants you to do and to live a life of purpose. But what is your purpose? What is that purpose? And do we have an example of it? Well, God has a specific, specific purpose for each one of us. Just as we saw a few weeks ago, the missionary got up here uh, to... Uh, to um, where was that, that country in Africa? I almost said Madagascar, but that's not it. Uh, Uganda, thank you. A missionary in Uganda uh, just a few weeks ago got up here and said, I believe God is calling me to Uganda. Maybe tonight God is calling you to step out by faith and to serve on a foreign field. Maybe to step out and uh, clean the church. Uh, amen, Brother David. Or uh, step out and to serve in a specific area Maybe God has simply called you to be a policeman or a fireman or, or a nurse. Whatever God has called you to do, God has called you to be that specific place. But God has a purpose for every believer, and it's, and it's uh, the same across the board. And he has given us examples in his word. So tonight I want to look at four purposes that God has given each believer and four examples of these in the word of God. And I will try to hurry and try not to get off my notes too much. So let's, uh, let's start with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for the opportunity to come and to preach and present your word. Father, I do not take that lightly. And I thank you for counting me worthy, placing me in the ministry. But as we prepare our hearts to receive your word tonight, Father, I pray that you would open our hearts to receive it, whether this wouldn't be Travis's words, but words from you. Lord, I, I pray that you would help us to observe to do all that is written therein. Lord, it is not enough that we just hear it, but we do what you've uh, called us to do. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.
So tonight, as I said, I'm going to look at four purposes uh, that we can, uh, that we have, uh, that each believer has from the Word of God. And these these passages may be familiar for you. Uh, for you. They may be purposes that uh, you've already heard of, and that's okay. Maybe we can be reminded of some things tonight. Uh, because God, uh, and each person we're going to look at, God has used uh, in a mighty way. And they, had, they lived a life, a life of purpose. So number one, the purpose to be sanctified. And Daniel, uh, Daniel chapter 1 and verse, verse number 8, uh, if you'll turn there, it may be familiar to you, but turn there to make sure that I get it right. Uh, but as you're turning there, Daniel uh, and his three friends had a purpose to be sanctified uh, they, uh, before God. They chose uh, to be different uh, than from, uh, different from those that were in Babylon. They didn't want to live the Babylonian way of life because they knew that was displeasing to God. One of the most, uh, one of the most familiar stories is that of Daniel, but if I may remind you, Daniel was a young man living in Israel, uh, no doubt probably happy in his homeland, when all of a sudden he was ripped out of his home, and he was taken to the palace of the King Nebuchadnezzar, and he was uh, told to strip himself of his entire identity and to become a Babylonian. Uh, I don't know for sure, but perhaps Nebuchadnezzar saw an opportunity to take a young man or young men from Israel and to make them spokesmen for him to the nation. But nonetheless, they, they sought to strip Daniel and his friends of their entire identity. Nebuchadnezzar brought these men in and brainwashed them uh, into believing what they believe. Uh, and they were told to forget everything they know about their homes, forget everything they know about their families, forget everything they know about their God, and become a Babylonian. Uh, they, they did everything from changing their names to changing their food and their diet uh, to, to make them forget who they were. But Daniel and his three friends refused. And Daniel said in, in chapter 1 and verse number 8, a famous passage of Scripture, says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank, Therefore, he requested of the, princes, the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. So Daniel knew it was more than just about the drink. It was, it was about drinking and eating things that were offered to false gods. And he wasn't going to forget his God and become like everyone else around him. Daniel wasn't going to just go with the flow. He had a purpose, and his purpose was to live a life that is pleasing to God, no matter the cost. Daniel wouldn't just give in to sin, the sins against his God. As I said, he wouldn't just go with the flow just because everyone else would think he was cool. He, didn't, he wouldn't just go with the flow because uh, someone else would think he was weird or a Bible thumper or uh, that he was different he wouldn't defile himself because he said, I want to please my God. He purposed in his heart. Our world seems to be changing fast at a rapid pace. And I, and I, I give a 
big portion of that to the cell phone, to the computer at our fingertips. And then from that, you get uh, social media and, uh, and other sins that enter into your home because of your cell phone. But I, I believe it or not, I remember a time when you could, you have to, you're going to make a trip, so you had to call. I'm leaving right now. And then you would have to call once you get to your destination. Uh, and if you broke down along the way, you had to find a payphone or go knock on someone's door. Today, before your, your children are, get to the, where they're going, you already know where they're at because you can just look it up. The world has changed fast. But I remember even in just the last 10 years, it seems like some of the sins that used to be uh, saw, uh, used to be seen uh, nationwide as a sin was a sin, regardless of how you looked at it. Now, they're not only in the open, we're told to accept them as just the way of life now. America is changing fast. Maybe, maybe America... Uh, needs to remember that we are a great nation because we were a good nation. French writer Alexis de Torqueville, Torqueville? I don't know how to say his name, he's French. Um, Anyway, a French writer, uh, after visiting America in 1831, said, I sought for for the greatness of the United States in her harbors and in her amble rivers, her, her fertile fields and her bountiful forest, and it was not there. I sought for it in her rich, rich mines and vast world commerce, in her public school systems and in her institutions of higher learning, and it was not there. I sought for it in the Democratic Congress and the matchless Constitution, and it was not there. Not until I went to a, into the church, churches of America and heard the pulpits aflamed with righteousness did I understand the secrets of the genuine power? America was, is, uh, is great because America is good. And if America ever ceased to be good, it will cease to be great. And I believe those words to be true even today. But every believer then has a choice, and it's the same choice that Daniel had. The same choice that they were offered in Babylon we are offered each and every day. And then as, will you just go with the flow? Will you just allow the sins into your life, into your homes, just because everybody else is? Will you just, just eat the meat that was offered to these idols, Daniel? Just, it's just meat. It's just wine. Daniel said, I will not defile myself. It's, Everybody else is doing it, right? We need, every believer tonight needs to be able to recognize the choice. I'm going to live a sanctified life, a holy life before a holy God. Will, will the Christians today stand up and stand on the Word of God or just go along and keep our heads down and not stand out from the crowd? Or will we, like Daniel, stand up and say, I will not defile myself. Uh, we are told over and over and over again in God's Word to uh, be set apart from the world around us. Not to be different, just to be weird, but to live holy, righteous lives before a holy and righteous God. 
it's separation, not isolation, right? We're, we're not to isolate ourselves in this small community and never impact the world around us. Now we're to be separate so that we can, we can say, Jesus Christ loves you, and he has changed my life, and he can do the same for you. But maybe these verses would remind you of that. Of that. The familiar verses, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 says, Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable in the God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Or this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting the holiness in the fear of God. Or First Peter chapter two, two and verse nine: You are ye are cho- be ye a chosen, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should li- uh, show forth the praises of of Him who hath called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. And the list could go on. But it would be easy for us tonight to just have the motto that the world has, to say, I'm going to look out for myself. It's just me, myself, and I. And I'm going to do anything I want to please myself, including all the selfish sins I, I would ever want. Because I'm going I'm to take that... Uh, we have the right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness to its fullest extent. But that's not what Daniel did. Daniel purposed in his heart that he would be sanctified. What about you? Our next purpose tonight is to study. A purpose to study. As you're turning to Ezra chapter 7, Another familiar passage of Scripture. Just a little bit about Ezra. Ezra had a purpose to study and to teach God's Word. He lived around the time that Israel was returning back to their homelands uh, after their captivity. And Ezra was a great man of God. Uh, Ezra was used of God to bring reform to his people and to return uh, as the people were returning from captivity and they rebuilt the walls in, uh, of Jerusalem and they rebuilt the temple, Ezra used the word of God to bring revival to the hearts of people. <clears throat> and while the people were 70, away for 70 years, he, uh, many of them forgot the ways of the Lord. But while there was some excitement about the rebuilding of the temple and, and the rebuilding of their homes and returning uh, uh, it wasn't long before the people would go back to the ways of their captors or even to the ways of the sinfulness of their own hearts. But Ezra came back and he led reform and revivals. And Ezra and Nehemiah gathered the people together and get this, from uh, about daybreak until noon, the people stood up while Ezra presented the word of God and preached. How many would like to do that? <laughs> but as such, Ezra took a nation that was heading away from God and turned them back. But you may be thinking, how can one man lead an entire nation 
that was headed away from God to turn around and to head toward God? How could one man turn the course of an entire nation? The key is found in this verse, Ezra chapter 7, verse, verse 10. For Ezra had, a, had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Ezra's purpose was to seek the word of God. And did you catch those little words? And to do it. Ezra, to Ezra, it wasn't enough just to hear the Word of God, but he was going to obey the Word of God. You, know, you want help for the problems that life threw at you in 2022? It's found in the Word of God. If you want help for the, the problems that may come your way in 2023, it's found in the Word of God. And like I said, to Ezra, it wasn't enough that he was just going to hear the Word of God and, and read the Word of God, but he was going to observe to do it as as uh, Josh, uh, Joshua was told in the book of Joshua, chapter 1. But in James, chapter 1, and verse 22, we're told this, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You know, pastor studies, and he studies, and he gets behind this pulpit week in and week out, and he, and he pours the word of God out before the congregation, and there are times that he goes out that door on Sunday night and he is exhausted because he has completely laid everything out that he, he believes that God has given him to give to this church. Yet there are many here even tonight that will hear the words and they will go in one ear and out the other. And I, and I can't stand before you and say, I've never done that. Because honestly, I hear message after message after message after message and it's real easy for the word of God to come in and go back out. but we were told to observe to do it. You know, I had a college professor in, in a pastoral college class, I believe, uh, preparing young men for the ministry, and he, said, uh, he says this, Your sermon, young men, are, is never finished until the people do what the Lord is leading you to speak to them. So why is it so important that we do we act on what we hear and what we read from the Word of God because the Word of God has power. Hebrews chapter 4, verses, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, we are told that, that the Word of God has power, that it's, the, for the Word of God is quick, it is alive, it is powerful, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing sunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, Daniel had a purpose to be, uh, to be sanctified, and Ezra had a purpose to study God's Word and to do it. The next, the purpose to stay. And mostly just because it alliterated, but a purpose to be faithful. Paul, the apostle, one of my favorite men in the Bible, Paul had a purpose to continue serving God with his life, no matter what life threw at Paul. He was, going, he was going to have a purpose to serve his Lord and Savior and to be faithful doing it no matter what. And Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14 says this, Brethren, I, have not, I, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus excuse me. Paul, arguably one of the greatest men of, and of God that have ever lived, uh, 
he spoke or he stood before kings and presented the gospel to 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 Pharaoh and to or not to Pharaoh. He presented the uh, the gospel to Nero, uh, Roman emperor, and he presented the the gospel to great crowds of people, and he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere he went with boldness. But Paul didn't just serve God because it was convenient for him to do so. Yet there are many that serve God because it's easy. And as soon as it gets hard, they say, well, God must not be in this, so I'm going to go somewhere else. And there's pastors even tonight in pulpits that they'll, they'll serve God as long as it's easy for them to do so, but as soon as they meet opposition, or as soon as it gets hard, they say, well, God must not be here. God has just called us to be faithful, no matter what is thrown our way. Paul even speaks of this to the church of Corinth in a second letter to them, chapter 11, verses 28 through 24. He says, Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods, and once I, uh, I was stoned. Thrice I was, I was shipwrecked. Thrice, thrice I, I uh, suffered a shipwreck, excuse me, a night and a day in the deep. I have been in the deep. Journeys and journeys often, and perils of waters, and perils of robbers, and perils of mine own countrymen, and perils of, of my brethren, and perils of the city, in the city, and perils in the wilderness, and perils in the sea, and perils among my own, uh, among false brethren, in weariness, in painfulness, in watchings often, often, in hunger and in thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. And I, I love this, this last verse. And besides all, uh, those things which are without, that which cometh unto me daily, the care of all the churches. So Paul knew what it was like to have great burden upon him. He knew what it was like to face great trials, but he also knew what it was like to remain faithful. It, he didn't give up just because it got hard. It says he pressed toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. And he, he was able to write at the end of his life to young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give, give me in that day. And not me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. You know, we have the privilege still today to have religious freedom. We have the privilege today to be able to go out into the streets of Springfield, Missouri and say, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? We have that freedom, that ability, but some will walk away from the Lord and walk, walk away from church from, because of the death of a loved one or because of a hurtful word spoken, uh, spoken to them by a fellow believer. You know, many things may jump into our life's path uh, many people may mock us, may call us crazy, and may even doubt that we are capable to serve God, but God is faithful, and He is worthy of, our, of a life of service. Why? Because He gave a life for us. Mark chapter 10, verses, verse 45, For the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to, give his, uh, but to be ministered and to give His life a ransom for many. That leads into our last purpose, a purpose to show. Our purpose to have a good testimony, a godly testimony. Our last example comes from Jesus Christ himself. Jesus came 
and lived among us and, and came to show us uh, a life that is meaningful and a life that is lived on purpose. Jesus is truly our greatest example of living. We often say we could never live up to, to the life of Christ. While that is true, we should never stop striving to be like him every day. Jesus has always, always knew his purpose. Even, even at 12 years old, when, Ma- when Mary finds him in the temple after they lost him, uh, left him in Jerusalem, he says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 49, uh, and he said unto them, how, uh, how is it that ye sought me? Wist, not, uh, wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? Even at 12 years old, Jesus knew that he had a purpose in his life. And he was going to fulfill that purpose. And all the way through his earthly ministry, Jesus shows us how to live a life of power in God and to live a life of purpose. Never forgetting, uh, and he never forgetting that he was there to do the will of God. Before he healed a blind man, he says in John 9, verse 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The, uh, the night cometh. When, when no man can work. Everywhere you look in the life of Christ, all the way through the Gospels, you see that he reflects a life of purpose. And we tonight are to continue to reflect the example of Christ. We tonight are to have a good testimony. Because believe it or not, your testimony matters. When you are reflecting a a, a godly lifestyle, people can see Christ in you. But when you don't, and the people that know you to be Christian just think you're a hypocrite. You, you may have heard, I'm not going to go to that church because they're full of hypocrites. That's because the one Christian didn't live a life of a good testimony. A Sunday school teacher uh, endeavored to impress upon his class of young boys the importance of Christian living. And he said, why, he asked the class, why do people call me a Christian? And after a few moments of silence, the youngest spoke up and said, well, maybe it's because they don't know you. (laughs) I hope that's not the case for many of you tonight, or many of us, should I say. Maybe we should be like Philippians chapter 5. Or chapter 1, excuse me, or 2. <laughs> chapter 2, verse 5. Uh, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. He goes on, it said, Who, being in form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon himself the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man. And being found as fashioned as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That doesn't mean that we're going to live perfect lives. And all the men know that their wives know you're not perfect. But we are to live a life that reflects the life of Christ. You know, salvation changes lives. I I can stand before you tonight as a testimony of what could have been but God. I've often heard and said but by the grace of God go I. And because of salvation, life changes. And it should impact you. You should be different than you were when you 
uh, than before you got saved. And the world around you should see a difference. A missionary uh, speaking uh, about his uh, life in Madagascar said, when the native converts of the island of Madagascar used to present themselves for baptism, uh, they, would oft, they would often be asked, what first led you to become a Christian? The answer was usually uh, the change uh, of conduct and conduct of the people that had become Christians was what first arrested their attention. One man says this, I knew this man to be a thief and another to be a drunkard and another to be a cruel unkind and cruel and unkind to his family but now uh, but they are all changed the thief was an honest man and the drunkard a sober and respectable man the the other a gentle and kind in his home there must be something in that religion that can uh, make such changes and i want to be a convert what it what salvation does to a life. But does your life show others to, to Christ? Does it show a life of a Christian? Or does it show something different? Now God gave Jesus a work to do on this earth. And he gives, gives us the same work to do. Jesus says of his... Uh, in his prayer for his disciples, this in John 17, verse 4, I have, I have glorified thee on earth. I glorified thee, yeah, glorified thee on earth. And I have finished my work which thou, uh, which thou givest me to do. And later in that same chapter, he prays this in 17 and 18, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so also sent I them into the world. Now tonight, Jesus came to show us as believers how to live a life on purpose. But he also came for a purpose to show a way of reconciliation back to God. You know, man needed God because we were made by God for fellowship with him. And Jesus came to restore that fellowship in Luke chapter 10, uh, 19, and verse 10, he says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. And you may, uh, you see, men, a man was created by God for a fellowship. But Adam and Eve in the garden walked away, uh, were able to walk with God and talk with God. And then temptation came from Satan, and they disobeyed. And sin entered into their hearts. And at that moment, they knew they had sinned against God. And every time we sin, we know it. Especially when conviction comes into our hearts. The Romans tells us that because of sin, fellowship with God was broken. And sin has passed down to every man that's born, everyone that's born after. As Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man's sin entered the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. You know, the consequences, consequences of our sins is death, separation for God, from God for eternity. And tonight, God wants to restore that fellowship back to you. And he gave, gave us a gift, the gift of Jesus Christ. That verse I just spoke of in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, 
the word separation from God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Tonight, you are not here by accident. And tonight, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you didn't walk through those doors by accident. God has you here, maybe, to accept the gift of salvation. And He wants to restore that fellowship with you, but that only comes through Jesus Christ, through the gift that He offers. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So will you come tonight? And accept the gift? Christian, are you living a life on purpose? There are four purposes set before us tonight. Maybe tonight in 2023, you say, I'm going to purpose to do one of those. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is such a privilege to share God's word with you. If God has spoken to your heart because of the message, Stop right now and respond to whatever it is God is asking of you. Don't wait another minute. You can pray right where you're at and ask God for His help. If this message has helped you in any way, we would love to hear from you. Let us know if you have any questions or we can help you with your decision. Jesus asked His disciples, Who do ye say that I am? And he offers the same question to you today. What would your answer be?